clothing. The extreme. We are discussing the aftermath, or afterbirth, if you will, of the night the line was crossed. We are discussing the episode of ECW from February the 8th, 1994. Nate Maxson here with you, along with ECW Zone, Chad Austin. Well, what, why'd you go to the second? You always go to Aaron first. Just trying, to, just trying to shake things up, you know? Shake things up. Well, yeah, 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 the, yeah that, that's the no, ticket. I'll do the John Lovitz thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and of course, my brother Aaron is here with us as well. Hello, hello. You sat in water. You sat in water. Yeah, I forgot it rained. I sat in the chair. It doesn't have fucking slats on it. (laughs) Anyway. It made your internet. Well, it made well, your we, internet we, even we, we were just key. talking about. We were just talking about Punk and Brian, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the the possibility that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk may be joining the AEW yeah. roster. I I um, I was telling the lovely Miss Jess, like, how about this? Because you know, you know how you know how AEW. I don't know how they do this. How they keep everything a secret. Like everybody they sign, like I mean, Chavo Guerrero, they could have told the whole entire world, and 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 nobody would have leaked it. You know, Chavo Guerrero, who the fuck gave a shit? And um, but you know, but how how they can they can keep like some some shit some shit secret? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But for them. To uh, I mean, I just lost my train of thought. Because good God, all of a sudden already. To um, what were we talking about? The, well, uh, Brian and Brian and Punk, but them uh, them keeping things secret as far as keeping the lid on shit when people. Oh are yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's what I was trying to tell Miss Jess. It was that you fucking you you advertise that you sign Brian. You make that <laughs> a big deal. And then fucking what in August at the at the big show whatever it is August at at Arthur Ashe Stadium you bring mm-hmm. him out and then you know he gets the fucking huge pop and then right behind it the lights go out the lights come on there's nobody there <laughs> and then you hit fucking call to personality mm-hmm. And then you go, then, then that's the fucking, oh my fucking God moment. Right. Oh my God. We got Brian Danielson and CM Punk in the same ring at the same time, but you didn't get it when you thought you were going to get it. Mm -hmm. You know? So do you think that it is from a guy that's been in the business? Do you think it is more advantageous 
to do it the way they seem to do it, where they advertise that the guy's coming in? Or do you think it's more advantageous to have the surprise? It depends on who the guy is. Okay. Yeah, it depends on the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, 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 it, if, if it's a guy too big to not advertise. Right. <laughs> you know? You know, I mean, if you're going to have Brock Lesnar, you don't want him showing up with fucking NWA on fucking on YouTube. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to put that. You want to put the name out there, maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. But, you know, but but if it's somebody like Ethan Page, fuck, who gives a shit? I still don't know who the guy is, and the guy's been working there for like three weeks. Who the fuck is he? I I I don't I have no idea. He's that guy. That had the, he's the guy that had the. Aaron, you're, Aaron, you're freezing up. He did what? He said, yeah, hey, "Aaron, am I still froze?" I can. You're good now. I'm not gonna hold the fucking thing the whole time. Jesus Christ! <laughs> anyway, come on, Aaron, get it together. He's the guy. I, I feel like Chad over here. I can't figure out how to make this work. But um, <laughs> he's the guy that had that green screen match with himself on Impact. I, I never saw it. It was terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I, but it, I did see Kenny Olivier wrestle the, the girl and the doll and shit. So <laughs> We've all done things, right? All done things. But yeah, like I said, I just... I don't know. It's. I mean, if those two guys are coming in, this is a. I guess you'd call it the closest thing to a Monday Night War moment that that AEW's had. I mean, they've got some you know big talent in, but these guys are on that they're, next they're level. In. Yeah, these guys are on that next level. You know, they, they are closing in, dude. They are really closing in at a rapid level. Um, my only problem is. I would love to see like the expense report. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, like you know, you just can't keep. Where are you putting the other people? At? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when that work there, what what hours are they working? Are and they I don't know the sweeping the floors at three o'clock in the morning in the warehouse. You know, <laughs> you just can't keep bringing in people like that. Yeah, they're going to get that WCW, like, 1998-size roster where there's, you know, Lanny, Lanny exactly Poffo's collect, collecting the check. Lanny Poffo's collecting a check for two years and never has to work a match. That's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. They're doing what WCW did in 97 and 98. And, mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it doesn't matter because, I mean, Tony Khan, I think, he has enough money that he could sustain it for a longer longer amount of time than Ted could because Ted had restraints, right? Right, right. Because of the you know the the, um, the deal that he had, whatever. But yeah, Tony, Tony can just keep. Fuck yeah, I'll do it. Fuck yeah, I'll, get, I'll get Chavo Guerrero to fifth out here. <laughs> get him out of here. I think the only people that got a bigger roster in wrestling than them are the Ledges of Handbone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's still going on. I, I, I drove, I drove by, I drove by it on Tuesday, and, and there was still like twelve cars in the parking lot. I, I didn't, I didn't even stop by to see like who was in it, but I figured Tommy was probably still sitting there. Mike Knox is probably still there. 
Oh God! All right, everybody, we're right, gonna... <laughs> we, we 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 can't go down this road again. <laughs> It's a show in and of itself. If only the people could see the chat, the uh, <laughs> the, the, the reliving the extreme chat. Yeah, they got to figure out. We got to figure out some way they can pay nineteen ninety five for the uh, <laughs> for the, the simulcast of this shit. <laughs> well, we have surpassed or gone past the night the line was crossed in ECW as we're digging into this show from February the eighth. 1994 was this the was the night the line was crossed would you say that's the watershed moment where people really really started noticing ECW Chad uh that's a that's a good question because i mean i don't know is it, what, what do you mean like um like publications internet people um yeah just yeah the taking more notice yeah taking more notice of it than it just being a just another independent i guess is the best way to put it i would say it was it, it it probably it probably enlightened a lot of more eyes than already was following it does that mm-hmm. make any sense yeah 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 you know because you know Meltzer was following it and you know keller was following it but at that point once it started you know getting to that point there was you know i, I don't i don't know anything about the internet mm-hmm. so i don't Maybe. know how that works but yeah, but you know, people. I started talking to people about it and started trading tapes about it and that kind of stuff from the Sunshine Network. All right, so the night the line was crossed was on February fifth. This show is February eighth. Uh, Joey Styles gives us gives us an intro here uh, after we see the end of the three way match, which of course went to a one hour draw. Um, Joey Styles talking about the match and the show on February the 5th, essentially hyping up that, you know, if you missed it, you missed something special. He um, says that this is the night that pro wrestling has returned to America. That's what he says. <laughs> a a profound statement. A profound statement from Mr. Styles. And what, what was on Monday night? That night. <laughs> Let's see. Two eight ninety four. Good God! It was probably it was probably Razor Ramon versus IRS for the fifteenth time. Fucking Reno Riggins. <laughs> Reno Riggins against Doink. <laughs> and v- v- Vince McMahon so, trying to Vince McMahon trying to talk about the Fat Boys to seem relevant. It, it, yeah, it, it's probably not an unfair statement to make. <laughs> <laughs> the day that pro wrestling came back to the United States. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, here's Doink. All right. So we open the show with a not really a match. It's 911 and Mikey Whipwreck. 911 hits a choke slam on Mikey of obviously for the pin. Two more choke slams after that. And uh it's just a segment to get 911 over, over really, you know. Oh, he's trying to obviously he's and trying to outdo me. I mean, you could clearly see that. <laughs> He, he's he's trying he's trying to take more choke slams than me, like uh, because everybody knows that I am the choke slam master. <laughs> you, you'll see me taking it more times than anybody else. And then Mike going, then- he, what's he yelling? He, is he whispering to Al? One more, one more. And Joey, Joey Styles asks a question that has the obvious answer. He says, "Once we get to see nine one more, nine one one more, are we going to find out if he has any actual wrestling ability, or if he's just a choke slam artist?" <laughs> it's like 
we figured that out pretty quick. Well, that's an, yeah, inside, <laughs> that's an inside joke right there. Because it's not that is he a choke slam artist, is is he a choke artist? Choke artist. <laughs> because we all saw what happened when he tried to call out Taz. But was that was that on TV? Was any of that on TV? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, because I don't know if I've ever seen it. Where he tried to call out Taz, and Taz was telling him, I will fuck you up, brother. And and um, 911 was, like, he wanted to work. And Paul was trying to tell him, no, no, no. <laughs> no. That's the last thing you want to do is work. This is why we're doing what we're doing. But he really wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And, and then he said, and then he, he called out Taz. Taz was like, I will fuck you up, brother. And I think I think they let him do, I think they let him do it. And I think Taz fucked him up, brother. <laughs> Cause I do remember nine one one getting tapped out. Because well, the only the only match I ever remember nine one one in myself, and I may be proven wrong as we go through these shows and I'm rewatching them, but I don't know if I ever saw him in an actual, actual worked match other than a choke slam deal in ECW. I remember watching him work Luger on Nitro, and it was it was terrible. But other than that, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him wrestle wrestle in ECW. So yeah, I, don't I know. found I found some squashes too when I was going through tapes of him on mm-hmm. there, and oh boy, <laughs> it, 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 it was it was so bad. I'm not even gonna fucking throw out the word deuce. <laughs> this is a, we got a new one. This is oh boy, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was it was beyond doozy, right? And I was like, oh, that's nine one one. And it's I'm a doozy. Well, well, I mean, because I was a part of nine one one. I I I was there the first one to do it, so I understood what the gimmick was. You know, you right. You you do your deal. I say my whatever shit that I gotta say, and then you slam me. Pick me up, slay me again, do it, do it through other times, but but eventually you're gonna fucking break my vertebrae, fuck, because he can't, he can't, he he blows himself up mm-hmm. when he choke slams you. So after the second one, you're fucked, like you're literally fucked. It it doesn't matter how he picks you up; it's how he puts you down. Right? You know, he fucking he don't just like put you down on your back; he just tosses you. I'm sure, I was going to say, I'm sure it's wonderful as a wrestler to uh, be lifted up by some guy, and as he's lifting you up, you hear him heaving. <laughs> yeah, he's all blown up. He, he had his, um, while he was holding me up in, in midair, chokeslam, he grabbed his asthma inhaler, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he took a puff before he, before he drove me like 10 feet through the fucking mat. Plus, he's wearing like eight layers of clothes, no wonder yes. he's tired. <laughs> in the summertime, yeah. Dude, I mean, what, what was Paul trying to do? Make him look like he was seven hundred pounds? <laughs> what? Why didn't he just have a have him just carrying in a cattle, like around, around his neck? Because he's because he like like you said, he's wearing so much leather. It's just like gee, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Then we see some footage after this segment of the Bruce Brothers versus the Public Enemy from the uh, from the show from the night the line was crossed, 
And then footage of Polly cracking Sherry with the phone is shown. And uh, anything on these little clips, guys? I mean, nothing really to discuss, but. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I was always a big fan of the Bruce Brothers and, and ECW. Mm-hmm. And I, I know why they, they, didn't, they didn't work. But when they were there, I was like, dude, this is exactly what ECW needs right here. <laughs> it's these big two, burly these, these two big motherfuckers dude <laughs> they uh they definitely fit the fit the mold um well, they they didn't really fit the uh i don't even know how to approach this <laughs> the locker room that that was at a it was locker room heat that kind of a deal <clears throat> no it was uh maybe re- religious um Sociological. Ah, there you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they 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 had they had a bunch of different views. They had a bunch of different views on uh, a set of people. Oh, I did not see that coming. Oh, I did. <laughs> I knew where he was going. I knew where he was going. I did too. That was <laughs> well. They um it, it, they had they had um they had two. SS tattoos on their arms, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look, if you look on the tapes when they when they come out, I, I don't I don't think that they were either finished or done by like the second tapings. But when they came out, when Paul saw it, he goes, "Oh, there's fucking no way I I can I can have this like on my on my TV." So he made them wear um, put tape around mm-hmm. their arms. So if 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 we're if we, I mean, maybe you saw it on a tape, and I, you know, but the, yeah, he Paul made them tape it up. Not surprising. Yeah, that, hey guys, that'll that might go over in Knoxville, but probably not in Philadelphia. It might go over in Knoxville. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I still wonder how I got past Vince. Like Vince micromanages everything, you know what I mean? Like, so why did I don't know? <laughs> well, that was that was ECW. Well, I know, but I'm saying that with like, if Paul noticed it and said, uh, "Nah, we're not going to have that on my show," like, I don't remember them ever having the tape and covering it when they were working for Vince. It's weird. Oh, because they made them. They made them get new tattoos. I mean, they tattooed over it because Which I makes- think I think they thought it was socially unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> to have it. So they just got new tattoos. And we're like, you know what? You know, we're, we're not going to be. We're, we're two six foot nine guys walking around here. And we got SS tattoos. I don't think that's. It might not. Yeah, it might not be advantageous for our careers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a plane ride to Connecticut in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, up next, we get Joey Styles introducing us to a match involving, as he says, his favorite underdog, Chad Austin. Everyone's favorite underdog. Everyone's favorite underdog. Everyone's favorite underdog. Chad Austin in his big grudge rematch with Johnny Hotbody. I guess I was getting pushed. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) Nobody brought it to my attention. (laughs) Putting you over on commentary every week. Every week. (laughs) I mean, Joey Styles was me. Yeah, and you know what? It's it, it's funny because it's it's not a 
He's never talking about your persona like you're a loser. He's talking about your persona like you're a fighter, you know, an underdog. But I wasn't. Scrappy, if you will. I wasn't scrappy. I don't know what I was. I was wasn't any of that. (laughs) Well, as Aaron said, we have Chad Austin versus Johnny Hotbody in their rematch, and Tony Stetson is at ringside for this one. Tony Stetson getting involved? No. Oh, good. <laughs> Aaron, you want to run this one through for us real quick? Well, I mean, there it's a, it, it, it's a match. Um, there was a hip toss spot that was pretty rough. I, I think it was. I think it was more on Hot Body. Um, Stetson's yelling. <laughs> Stetson's yelling at Hot Body because he can't beat Chad, and he lost to Chad last week. And he's like, "Come on, he's just a little kid. You should be able to beat him up." That's what he says. He's just a little kid. He's just a little kid. And then uh, Stetson can like distracts uh, Hot Body for a second, and then Chad gets a gets a roll up and the one two three. You know, you, you know, I'd only been in the business two years at that point. So, so calling you kid wasn't a uh, understatement then. No, it was totally or an overstatement. Fine. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I I had no nothing, no experience. Nothing, nothing to go by, like no coach, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody to tell me like what was good, bad, indifferent, like what to do, how to do anything. I just went with, this is what they told me to do. <laughs> and then it, it involved Tony Stetson and Johnny Hotbody and so be it. Collateral I do, I, damage. I do, <laughs> I do have on your, on my notes here that there's a one point, Chad hits a spinning kick on Hot Body, and then out of that, um, once Hot Body rebounds, he hits a clothesline, like a, a pretty stiff clothesline on you. I don't know if it was stiff or you just sold it well, but uh, that's probably stiff. <laughs> that that that, that different definitely took place. And after the match, Tony Stetson they do the whole deal with Tony yeah, Stetson they're, laughing they're, at Johnny. They're teasing the break breakup of the do rags of doom, and um, this was. Like all the other matches Chad's had, still a better match than the Jimmy Snuka match. <laughs> well, fuck, dude. Frankie Williams against Jimmy Snuka was just as good as my match with Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> Come on, Jeff Craney. I, I yeah, I, I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> do you do you have any yeah, yeah. do you have any memories of these two guys like as guys in the back or whatever, Hot Body and well, Stetson like? It, it goes. It goes back to the time of Cairo. I'm glad you said that, Nate, because it goes back to the conversation that we have with Cairo about how the backlash, mm-hmm. you know, that I would get because Paulie wanted me to go over on said, you know, guys that were already established in ECW, you know, mm-hmm. like the Philadelphia guys, and I'm thinking like. Look, how many of these guys are you going to have run through me? But then I realized he's having me beat them. Right. And I'm and what, like, was oh. there, was there, was there, was there a point of contention with heat? Did it get directed at you or did it get directed at Paul? As far as the bitching and complaining and, you know. Well, what was in the ring was directed at me. What was directed in the back was directed at Paul. Mm-hmm. And, that I have no idea. 
I, I couldn't tell you whether it, I mean, obviously you saw the end result. If anything was directed at Paul, mm-hmm. you know, cause they ended up, uh, they don't work Was it like, Oh man, I'm losing to Chad. That means I'm on my way out. Like yeah. <laughs> get rid of me. <laughs> that was, done. I, I became, I became Oscar. <laughs> What'd you say, Aaron? So they should have named him Future Endeavors Chad Austin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> clearly, anybody that saw their name on the on the lineup next to me was just like, oh fuck. <laughs> I, I'm next. I mean, have we got to Rock and Rebel yet? We show footage here after this of the match involving the Sheik at the night the line was crossed. The original Sheik. We're not talking about the Iron Sheik. And then we see one of those classic classic things that you never forget. You never forget it. It's it's etched in your mind as a wrestling fan. Steve Austin folding up JT Smith. I'm sorry, Mike Awesome. (laughs) I have a I have a a note here about Steve Austin. When was the last time Steve Austin folded up JT Smith? When was the first time Steve Austin folded up JT? Mike Awesome folds up JT Smith. Jesus, that's the new Rotary Hawk. Could you could you imagine a a promo for that matchup or or JT Smith goes Mike Awesome? Mike, I'll tell you, I'll take old Mike Awesome. That 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 promo right there just speaks for itself. Well, Mike Awesome pretty much destroys J.T. Smith in that clip there. Um, and then we have a match with Pat Tanaka. Wait, against- w- w- wasn't that Wasn't that the, the break-your-back spot? Yes. Well, why would you glance over that? Because <laughs> I said Steve, I said Steve Austin. And I felt shame. He wanted us to forget about it. He didn't think anybody noticed that he said Steve Austin. <laughs> Did the dive out onto J.T. Smith that broke him in half? <laughs> All right, Professor Aaron, tell us about <laughs> J.T. Smith and Mike Awesome. It, it was it, it was only so much. Good God, it, it was only so much of a good spot that it made the opening of the goddamn fucking show mm-hmm. every single week. And uh, I mean, did we already not cover this, or are we talking about this for the first time? We 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 hinted at it last time we did a show review because we talked about the fact that you thought this was this segment or this spot was on this show, and then we said we would get to it when we got to it after that. So I'm sure the locker room was uh, was buzzing about that one. Dude, we 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 died. Like <laughs> um, we had a little fucking 13 inch monitor in mm-hmm. the locker room. You know that had a that had like a, a you know the feet for it. right. And when we all saw it, and you know, people like me, and I, I guess people like Mikey, kind of too, like us people were just, you know, we had chairs. We just sat around and watched the monitor. And I hear an ice cream truck. What's that? You guys don't hear that? I, I, I mean, I have ice cream truck coming down the block. I can't hear it. <laughs> That's what I said two weeks in a row. Yeah, ice cream I mean, man delivers. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, it's called marketing. 
I got I got my hands on other things. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, considering you won't let me do any advertising on the show. <laughs> I figure I'll just let him do it. Thought Tommy Caro hopped on again. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where the fuck were we? <laughs> we were talking about the backstage reaction to the J.T. Smith Mike Awesome segment. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When, when all, all the all the guys were in the back, <laughs> and they saw Mike Awesome hit him, hit him, and Eddie Elmer was like bent over backwards. Over like the guardrail, like it's there was sick. probably seven of us, eight of us, maybe nine of us <laughs> that were watching the monitors. But as soon as it happened, the whole entire locker room ran over. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, because everybody thought he was dead. Yeah, I mean, and I, I can totally understand that because. Well, hang the on first a sec. Time- I'm getting ready to get a fucking a, a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> if you can, if you can just put that pause for a second. <laughs> the, the ice cream music is like the Pulp Fiction theme of our show. He's gonna run the entire the entire time while we all talk about our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> and, and apparently somebody right next to me is getting the fucking ice cream. <laughs> They're getting the dots. Are they getting all of it? It's been there for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, Chad's ice cream man is a great businessman. Great businessman. <laughs> he hits the neighborhood and he's he's able to be there for like twenty minutes because people are yeah, just you know. But I see some clamoring. photos of him that aren't so revealing. <laughs> it, it just so happens that I realized he was a neighbor of mine. <laughs> and, I, and I looked on Facebook and I looked him up and not the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> he's on that list. Oh no. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on a list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Dude, we got to uh, do an hour. Gonna get us to an hour. <laughs> we we got to do an hour, man. <laughs> All right. So, moving along, we talked. Uh, I love that the ice cream man is done now that we're done talking about this super serious spot <laughs> in the history of ECW. <laughs> but like Chad was alluding to, it sounds like the uh, the locker room definitely took notice of this. And like you said, it does. It really does look like you would think that J.T. Smith was paralyzed after that spot. He should have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, for the whole entire locker room to run over to this 13-inch monitor. Sorry, I'm still laughing about the ice cream, man. <laughs> but um, for the whole locker room to run over to that 13-inch monitor, and everybody was legitimately worried. You know? Mm-hmm. That's like camaraderie. Like right. what you want in a locker room, right? You want mm-hmm. guys to care about other guys, and and even though some of the guys never saw, didn't see the spot happen, it was like I guess you know it just kind of went, it just trickled, and then it was like holy fuck, is JTR right? And I I remember I popped 
I mean, I popped up out of my seat. I was sitting front row. I was sitting next to Hack Myers, and I think Shane Douglas was mm-hmm. sitting on my other side watching it. And I went, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. Because, you know, I'm a young guy. Mm-hmm. I take them balls. Did he sustain any actual injury from that? No. Jesus it Christ. <laughs> it, it, it didn't bother him at all. Like, he literally fucking walked trooper. back to the locker room and everybody was back there. And we had a, we had a, um, a medical team back there. I, I don't, I, I don't know their names. I got it. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, I met them a bunch of times, but the one girl was English and I don't know the other guy, but hmm. they were the medical guys. And when he came back, everybody grabbed, grabbed him and like rushed him over to the medical and they were like, he's fucking fine. And, and we're like, there's no <laughs> way he's fine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he, his, his body made an L like over top of the fucking guardrail thing. Like, you know, your, your, your vertebrae don't bend that way. Right. Yeah. But yeah. He, I mean, he actually, he, he actually was kind of like, what's the big deal about? What a, and, you know, and then when you see the spot, you, when you see the spot, you got to go like, holy shit, dude. Right? Mm-hmm. Up next after that, we have Pat Tanaka and Keith Shira in pretty much a squash match. But Shira, I put on here, Shira was acting like a heel, and he got much more offense, offense than I expected in the match, actually. No, he got more but, offense. But overall, just, just a squash for that one. More Pat yeah. Tanaka. Pat Tanaka needs to go home. He just needs to go home and and teach and help the Duke of Karaoke teach white kids how to boogie board in Hawaii and just go away. Good God! All right, then we get a. I, I, I um all I got was <laughs> I didn't go into death death like Aaron did. But all I ever was we got more Pat Tanaka. More Pat, yes, more Pat Tanaka. I mean, isn't that what the world's clamoring for? <laughs> what does what does ECW need, Polly? More Pat Tanaka. <laughs> we get some more footage of the main event from night the night the line was crossed, and then Joey Styles is uh, in the Eagles' nest talking, and there's Maddie in the house behind him on the TV screen. And all I wrote was Maddie in the house. I don't even I don't even know, Aaron. It's terrible. And then he goes to interview a bunch of different people about the match. The the night the line was crossed. And it's just Yeah. Is that it, when he was is that when he was asking people who he thought was gonna win the match? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which which had already happened. Yeah, but, I was getting ready to say, didn't we already see that? <laughs> However, a th- few things to note here. We still are not rid of Hunter Q. Robbins the third. Yeah, there's no ointment that will get rid of Hunter Q. Robbins the third because he is still around and he's talking tonight about uh, he has a surprise, which we're going to see that or his new whatever acquisition public enemy talk about the triple threat <laughs> match. Um, I did think I did think this whole deal with Public Enemy about uh, taking people's wallets was funny. Hang um, on, do you, do you really think that anybody put any stock 
into a stable that Hunter Q. Robbins <laughs> was assembling. Like no, when, nobody. When, you think he was the Scantar Akbar <laughs> of ECW or the JJ Dillon? You know? Do you think? Do you think he was? Uh, I mean, I, I can't even think of any like the highest level managers. <laughs> The highest level in that, and Jim Cornette. Do you think, do you think Jim Cornette was going to manage a, one of the Super Destroyers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Hunter Q. Robbins' stable is awful. I, I got to I got to now. Now we got to come up with a name for his stable that's based on Devastation oh. Incorporated. Since you managed, oh. since you mentioned, since you mentioned Akbar, we're going to have to come up with something. Dumbest stable, <laughs> Jesus. But something, public, some, something incarcerated, it should have been, <laughs> or incinerated. Yeah, Aaron, yeah, I mean, there's just Aaron. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it, public, you're talking about public enemy stealing wallets. Yeah, in the promo, they even they it's all over the place. They say Sabu's a Mexican. <laughs> like they 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 call it, they 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 think Sabu's Mexican. And they call Terry Funk Bubble Butt. They go, oh, oh Sabu, that Mexican, what's his name, Bubble Butt? I mean, Terry Funk. It's like, what? Dude. <laughs> Good God. I rewound it. So I was like, did they just call Terry Funk Bubble Butt? <laughs> Dude, these shows can't be that bad. They're that good. <laughs> I, watch Pat- them, I watch them and I cringe. And then Pat Tanaka, Pat, Pat, sorry, Pat Tanaka said that he hasn't seen a standing ovation um, <laughs> like that ever. Man, it's like, dude, you only see standing ovations. Like, you, like you're not in. <laughs> you only see them from the locker room, buddy. <laughs> I put down Pat Tanaka here. Look like someone's aunt. When's the last time you think Pat Tanaka seen a standing ovation? And where would it have been at? I mean, nothing. No, 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 I got nothing. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can't. You, you guys can't like Google fast enough and find out when the last time Pat Tanaka got a got a standing ovation. Google's like no information found. Yeah, because it rhymes with nothing. It rhymes with it rhymes whatever. It's n- never happened. Never ever ever happened. I mean, literally. I can I can run down Pat Tanaka's whole entire career, <laughs> and no standing ovation. Not a, now, now, not no, no, AWA, AWA, showboat. Yeah, yeah. In the sh- the sh- at the showboat. Yeah, it's probably got him after he's left the locker room. Everybody's just like, "Yay!" <laughs> oh, the crowd, the crowd gave him a standing ovation when he left. Well, I'm saying, like, the boys are probably like, "Yay, Pat left!" Also, that's the biggest <laughs> ovation that he got was when he left the locker. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> I can see that. Like, yeah, I don't know who that I, kid I, is. They, I heard he's Duke think, Karaoke's son. I think he was known as kind of a. Um, I thought he was. I, I heard a rumor that he was kind of like a locker room thief, hmm. kind of thing. I, I it, it did. It never happened to me, but I heard it was like, oh yeah, you might want to watch your don't shit. Leave, don't leave I'm your like, bags out around Pat. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's that's what I heard, but I never saw anything. Or, or no, nothing happened around me that would let me to believe that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the case. But now I don't have an ice cream 
drunk now driving down the street. Now I have the jets flying by. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The the next thing is a Hunter Q. Robbins promo. And he is uh, uh, talking about his hiatus being over. Oh, we're so glad. And he's going to be managing Superfly Jimmy Snuka. And he says that is just Ducky. Yes. Isn't that Ducky? Yes. Ducky? Ducky. What he says. All right, well, he's the most sucky. He's the most most indie indie manager I've ever had to say. Well, he is the, like we've already said, he's the worst indie indie manager ever. I'd I'd rather see the staple indie manager that comes out on most indie shows around here with, like, the fedora on and the boa, and, you know, he comes out to whatever... 80s rock song. I'd rather watch Eric that clown. What the yeah. guy that pretends like he has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he and he books like the whatever guy that lives 40 miles away in Ohio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the guy that lives in Cleveland. He's the next big thing. And he, yeah. and he, and he brings him out. Yes, yeah. I'd rather see that. His, his guy name his name's Donnie years. Dollars, and he comes out to everybody wants you. He's there a you scratch. Aaron, Aaron, you were, Aaron, you were on to something right there. It's all you got to say. You can figure this out. Um, if there's any shows in your area, you um, do you guys remember a guy named Z-Bar? Z-Bar. I don't think so. That doesn't ring a bell. Oh, my God. He, he's the best because he's the biggest fucking piece of shit I've ever fucking met. But I love him, and he's been dead about six years now. But this guy is an asshole, and he was a manager back in the in the day on the Carl Luzos mm-hmm. thing. And I think I'm pretty sure it was it was under Z Bar was his gimmick name, dude. He he was unbelievable. I couldn't even, I couldn't get along with him and fucking in the locker room because he was so he was so much of a fucking dick. I don't. Yeah, that does that. Was he just was he just on the East Coast? Like, did he? Because I don't I don't remember that name. Well, did he have I, did, he, did he have like a red, white, and blue outfit? Dude, he looked like shit. He had he had like a a big fucking head of fucking long curly fucking hair, and he wore like outlandish kind of. Did he manage hair. Johnny Gunn? That's what did I was he, getting at. We watched. We it's not Johnny Gunn. No, we watched this. We watched the the NWA tournament that Carlozo put on in like a warehouse, and there's this outlandish, shitty manager that's with Johnny Gunn, and they don't say who he is. And I, now that you brought that up, I was like, oh, that might be who he's talking about. That might be Z Bar. <laughs> that might be Z Bar. <laughs> every time, every time I talk to that motherfucker, the, the conversation ended with me saying. I don't fucking like you. <laughs> and, and then I, I would hug him still. You know? <laughs> and and I, I would go to my room because, you know, it was, just, I just picture, I picture the, I picture your face on that hug. Like remember when Austin hugged McMahon, like that, that face that he got, I picture your face. Like when Austin hugged McMahon, when you're hugging this guy that you don't like. Yeah. I mean, but it was like, it's a respect thing. Mm. You, you're working your gimmick. But you don't have to work your gimmick with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you think you do. I don't, maybe, I don't know who told you you had to. Or somebody said, make sure you work your gimmick, you know, around Chad. All the, all, around Chad all the time. Yeah, because, <laughs> because Chad, Chad's got pull with the office only because I was signing talent, you know, from Smoky Mountain and, uh, and in ECW to go to WWE. So maybe he was kind of hoping that that was going to happen. <laughs> Next on the show, it's Dreamer versus Snuka. The closing moments from their match. Well, you skipped over the terrible back and forth promo between Terry, uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer and Jimmy Snuka conducted by Jay Sully. That was oh, yeah. just trash. That was a yeah. bad, horrible promo. Snuka made no, like made less sense than usual. And, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer was a demon in fucking head. Less sense than usual. <laughs> like, how long ago was that fucking thing taped? Jesus. And uh, uh, Tommy was like a deer in headlights, and and <clears throat> it's just off the rails. And obviously, Sully doesn't know how to fucking save it. It's not like he's mean gene or anything. It's just, it's a, it, it's bad. It's bad. So, so Aaron, wasn't that, wasn't that interview with Snooker? That was one of them ones that were backstage that had the, the tape on the door that said his dressing room. No, this was just this was like back in the locker room, like the, the locker room. There's just like a brick wall or whatever behind him, if I remember right. Yeah, but don't you still think that that was taped fucking forever ago? Forever ago. <laughs> doesn't doesn't all them fucking interviews look look like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Funk, yeah, look, look, Funk, Funk or Funk, Snuka takes exception because he thinks Tommy's being disrespectful or whatever, and 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 Tommy's just like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to wrestling you, Jimmy. I'm just looking forward to wrestling you." Should have asked Chad if you were looking forward to wrestling Jimmy Snuka in the ECW. <laughs> I told you, no, Tommy, no. I was like, Tommy, dude, seriously. <laughs> what you really want to do is you want to start with hot body or Stetson. <laughs> work you work you your way up. Yeah. You go with Snooker. He's going to, yeah, it's not going to be good. And it's not good for your future. So go with Hot Body or Stetson. Well, in the match, of course, this is the match where Tommy Dreamer kicks out of how many Superfly splashes? Three of them? Well, he kicks out of one of them, two of them. Does he kick out of two of them? Yes, yeah. Second or no, actually, he kicks out of the first one, and then the second splash, Snuka doesn't actually cover him for a pin, and I then there's a third incredible. splash. I, I and thought, then I, I thought this was incredible. Yeah, I was talking about it, but I was yeah, I was going to say that that you've got Dreamers bleeding from the mouth, um, and then there is a fourth splash on Tommy Dreamer, and I mean we were just you know we were just giving giving the business to Snuka a little bit for his. <laughs> oddball promo or whatever, but for a wrestling segment to get a baby face over like Tommy Dreamer, this is a big deal, you know? And I don't know for a fact it's pro wrestling, so it is what it is. I don't know for a fact that this is the first time anybody ever kicked out of the Superfly Splash, but I know it's the first time I know anybody ever kicked it's, out of the Superfly it's Splash. Tommy Dreamer touts it. He screams mm-hmm. to the top of the mountains that he's the I'm only sure. person that, that ever kicked out uh, of it. I'm sure he does. (laughs) And and he's also a historian. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not personal friends with Tommy, but yeah, Mm -hmm. he says that he's the only person that ever did it. So it had to have been a big deal. And I I thought it was incredible. 
because I thought Jimmy Snuka never looked so he never looked so like involved in an angle before, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably oh, not. At least did. not since Piper. Yeah, not he since did. Piper. Yeah, yeah. 30, 30 years ago. But yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> but but he never looked like like all right. Now he gave a fucking shit. Mm-hmm. The guy kicks out of the fucking superfly splash. How fucking dare him? You know. Yes. I'm, do it. I'm gonna fucking do it again. Boom. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. I I I mean I remember that and. I was like, dude, that that was something special. If you were the if you were in that arena, mm-hmm. then and you uh, were involved in the match. Yes, and I was going to say Todd Gordon comes out and Snuka axe handles him, and the fans pop, and then uh, <laughs> and then it's, it's a very awkward. It is <laughs> very awkward. Gordon what, kind what, of what did I what did I do? Chad Austin and Sal Balomo come out to help. Uh, what? Yeah. Yes. And what Hack a team. Myers. And Hack Myers. Hack Myers is out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's like a fever dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, explain to me because I don't have any notes after this. To, to, what, uh, what you guys, uh, you, okay, J- you, Big Sal, um, Hack Myers, Big Sal, Belomo, you, Sal Belomo, Hack Myers, Tommy Cairo, all the come four out. Horsemen. To, the four horsemen. <laughs> all come out and 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 hold off Jimmy Snooker and Hunter Q. Robbins. Did, did they did they say our names? Or did they just no. say like secure? No, they didn't say your names. They okay. said wrestler, you know, wrestlers from the back or what have you. Security. <laughs> oh my god, dude! You, you did say the four horsemen. Yes. Good <laughs> god. Austin, Austin, Belomo, Myers, and Cairo. Yeah. There you Fuck go. Yeah. Big Sal. It. Big Sal would be like like Arn. He's the enforcer of the group. <laughs> oh, we're in going a, there now. He's the enforcer. So, yeah. He's the enforcer. <laughs> so, I, so I, what? I guess I'm the Tully. Yeah, I'm you're like, Tully. I'm kind of like the, the underneath workhorse. Yeah, you're Tully. Uh, we'll say Tommy Cairo's flair. He's got experience. He's been around. Uh, and then Hack can be, I don't know. So which Mongo. which other one? <laughs> Mongo. We're flareless. We're flareless for wrestling. We we have a four horsemen, but we don't have a flare. Is that what you're saying? We we no, have a Mongo. Tommy Cairo's Ric Flair. <laughs> I'm gonna have a great time. I'm gonna have Aaron did. I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a great great time picking the name for this this episode. All right, we get a Mike a Mike Awesome video showing highlights of Mike Awesome and how awesome he is. Um, and then we roll into the press conference. Terry Funk, and I, I do have down here, before Shane Douglas comes in, my notes are that Terry is great here, and he puts over ECW fucking strong in his promo, talking about being the champion. Is that one of them ones that are, like, backstage? Yes, yeah. yeah. He's crying. He's so emotional about ECW and 
talks about WCW not being stand. worth like WCW not being worth a damn and like ECW is the best in the world. It's really good. It's, it's actually really probably good, the best. Who the fuck gives a shit, Terry? You retired in nineteen eighty three, you know, for the first time. And then you retired in eighty seven. Oh yeah, then I forgot you retired in nine. <laughs> and what about that time in ninety one that you retired? <laughs> Oh no no no! That wasn't as big as the one in '93. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like Terry's trying to. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Terry's. I, I think the world of Terry. He, he's probably number two or three on my list of of top of my of my, of my people. But yeah, it's it's just that I don't take his endorsement as great as it would have been 30 years ago. Right. If he was still fucking working, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, I only say 30 years ago, 40 years ago. If like he when was he working re- in a regular promotion, you know. I think when he retired in 97 and then he came back and everybody was like, he retired in 97. He's like, oh, I, I retired from wrestling in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, only, the only state he's got to wrestle in is fucking like, like Wyoming. <laughs> he's got to work for Don, Don Owens in, in Portland. Portland. <laughs> he's got a date. He's got. He's got. A, he's got a date up there. <laughs> After Terry's promo, Shane Douglas and Sherry come in with Todd Gordon. Of course, Shane demands to be champion. Um, Terry pretends he's gonna. Ha- you know, he's gonna give him. Well, Shane Douglas says that he kicked. He kicked Terry Funk's leg into obligatory. Yeah. <laughs> did he say obligatory, or did he say how? <laughs> He meant oblivion, I assume, and he yeah, said obligatory. He said obligatory. obligatory. Okay. And, and he right. just said, fuck it. I'm just going to keep going. All right. I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one that caught right. that. He, he, he that. messed that one up. And I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> and then Terry Funk um, says he'll give Shane the belt after Funk runs him down. And, call, and, of course, Shane calls him an old piece of shit. Terry Funk slaps him, and the fight begins. And I know you've talked about this before Chad about uh you were in the room for this right at the hotel right mhm yeah he's one of the guys that breaks up this fight well i was one of the ones that break that broke up the fight but i was one of the ones that you didn't see break up the fight <laughs> i i don't know how that happened because i was well positioned in the be the spot to be somebody that was going to be first a first responder <laughs> to the, to the scene but yeah Dude, that, dude, this was like two o'clock in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. Two o'clock in the morning, we had gotten back to our rooms, checked in, you know, doing whatever. And then Paul's like, "We gotta do this, this, and this." And then when and and Terry just did all that shit on his own. I, I, I can I can tell you this: I, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Nobody told Terry what to fucking do. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure Terry wasn't produced. No. <laughs> Nobody told Terry what to do. He he called that shit on his own, and he did that shit in the fucking lobby of the Ramada Inn, <laughs> like in in Philadelphia. And you know he did all that fucking damage, caused all that fucking problems. And what the fuck's he gonna do? What are you gonna do with Terry Funk? You know what are you gonna seek out a small claims court? <laughs> Take, take Terry Funk to 
a small claim court over your sh- over your shitty bench. Yeah, it, it would it, it would take it would take thirty minutes for him to even finish a sentence. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like the show would never fucking air. Yeah. So so yeah. T- Terry did what Terry does, and that's you know that's why I'm sure Paul afforded Terry to be the guy that could do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Because that was great. I mean, did you not think it was great? That was a fantastic segment. Um, Both guys really were really strong here on the stick with their intensity, telling a story. And you can tell, I I have to say this about Douglas, because outside of ECW and anything he ever did, I was never a big fan of Shane Douglas. But in this in this period from probably 94 until 96 or when he at least when he leaves for the WWF to be Dean Douglas, Shane Douglas wanted this to work. I think he wanted to stick it in the face of anybody that ever had ever looked down on him or not thought he was good enough and he puts a hundred fucking percent into everything he does at this time in ECW. That's my my opinion. Like he just, you can tell it. You can tell he's just like I would just want to fucking make this work to show these fuckers how good I am. Agree, Aaron. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I there's things he did out of the ECW that I, I, I that I enjoyed, but um, like I liked his team with uh, Steamboat, and I thought they had like great matches with the Hollywood Blondes and shit like that. But this was Shane, like you said, all these guys all these promoters or whatever. And I, sometimes I think he was kind of, I don't want to say like in his own head, but with the whole, everybody's against me thing, but in his mind, everybody was, and this was his way of saying, I'll show you guys what you had, but didn't know you had. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought Shane was, I thought Shane was completely at like at peace with himself because I thought he came off of after, his run in Continental. Mm-hmm. What was that? 88, 89? <laughs> 80, yeah, 88, I think. <clears throat> Around there? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think that that whole entire relationship with Paul and Eddie in that, that time period, that really molded Shane into, like, how to figure out how to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it kind of, like, made him stop and think about shit instead of, you know, forget about what I... Forget about what I learned at Dominic Danucci's school. <laughs> that, that 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 fucking sunset flip. Like I, I you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll use that. I'll use that at a different time. But we got we got to figure out some more stuff. But um, I, I think I, I think Heyman and I think um, I think Gilbert really smartened Shane up, and I think it did wonders for him. Mm. All right. Well, overall, guys, what did we? Did anybody give this show a grade, a, a number, uh, anything to that effect, a rating for this week's ECW show? I, I think it was a C. All right, my, my turn. Sure. I gave it a a D. Chad's got a D on there. It looks like a D. No, it's a, <laughs> I love you. From oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna waste the ink to, to, to write down that. Fuck no, I, I don't have any. I don't have any time for this. The, the the I think the the overall like what we saw as what do I want to say the presentation of the night the line was crossed in this show did a good job you know you had your 
your Patch Tanaka match or whatever. But I mean, it's definitely Patch Tanaka. Patch Tanaka. Patch Tanaka. Is he on Raw tonight? Patch Tanaka. Is he teaming up with AJ and almost? <laughs> almost. <laughs> well, you had your Tanaka match. You had your, you had your Chad Austin match. Patch Tanaka. <laughs> But overall, I didn't think this. He's show doing was like a, he's doing like a Robin Williams gimmick from that movie. He's just like a fun loving doctor, Patch yeah. Adams. Yeah, he's like a fun loving doctor, <laughs> doing all the going all the make a wish kids. Patch he's, Williams. He's going to the Variety Club kids. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but overall, I didn't. I actually didn't mind this show. I thought it was all right. Well, it's gonna it's gonna start a trend to where you're gonna start seeing me giving it a little more of a fuck this you suck awful kind of trend. Which is actually which is an improvement that I don't even want to grade this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean it, this is kind of starting that cuz that Mike awesome um JT Smith thing, I'm telling you, that was a big deal in the locker room and in Philadelphia. Like mm. that was a big deal for that, and I can't ex- I can't explain like why oh, is it because JT Smith didn't break it, half? <laughs> <laughs> then it was a big deal, but it was a big deal, and then all that shit became bigger and bigger and bigger because they're like, you're not going to believe what these motherfuckers are going to do. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, you know, it's what? yeah. It's a we're 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 getting into a whole different time, a whole different time now. Where I'm gonna, they're at least gonna get fucking f's. <laughs> I was gonna say it's only up from here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all I gotta say is I'm getting ready to fucking tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm gonna watch Matt Cardona and fucking Nick fucking Gage, and I, I can't I can't wait for this. I've never ordered a fucking Outlaw Mud Show fucking pay per view in my life. But I'm ordering whatever that is with Nick fucking Gage and Matt Cardona tomorrow. <laughs> I, have, I, I haven't watched. I I, I, I got kind of out of watching current wrestling. And then when I was like, oh, the crowds, when they're back, I'll start watching it again. Because that Thunderdome thing gave me headaches and whatnot. Oh. And watching like fake fans in the crowd. It's like, I know it's fake. It's like, I mean, wrestling is, but but you know what I mean? Like. The, the crowd reaction of people that actually had people in the crowd was people being paid to react. But when I watched AEW, I was like, oh, man. They rolled that troll out, that fucking Nick Gage, really? Nick Gage is going to fight Chris Jericho? Now Chris Jericho is going to be that pain maker or whatever, pain killer or whatever the fuck his Japanese gimmick was. It's like, I don't have any interest in seeing that at all. We are really going to have problems being friends here. I mean... <laughs> I, I I I get it. You don't like Kiss. I get it. <laughs> it, it, it I mean, you're not a, you're not a fan. But now you're just saying Nick Gage. I mean, are you doing this on purpose, Aaron? No, I'm just saying, like, really, that guy. Whatever. Nick I mean, I Gage. <laughs> feel like I'm Z Bar now. He's just like, hey, nice working yeah. with you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Z-Bar. <laughs> You're the Jersey All-Pro fucking Z-Bar. <laughs> 250 fans at the fucking Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> Z-Bar. 
how can you how can you say that? Wow. I, I already told Jess, I said, uh, I can't, I don't even know how I'm friends with these guys. <laughs> Aaron don't like fucking kiss. He don't like Nick fucking Gage. You know? What am I doing associating myself with these fucking clowns? <laughs> I mean, you know, how, how am I going to better myself? <laughs> if, if you don't like Nick fucking Gage. All right. <laughs> now, that, now that Aaron and Chad have had their spat, <laughs> he looks like Sha- he looks like somebody put like Shawn Michaels now in a microwave too long. Like that's what he looks like to me. Like if you look he at him, like, what? Like, he he. If you look at him, he's got like the facial features of Shawn Michaels now. Like, but just fucked up. Like he's even more <laughs> fucked up looking than Shawn Michaels is. It's like he. They, it's like somebody put Shawn Michaels in the microwave too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I would say it, it looks like that somebody shoved a bunch of hockey pucks in his mouth. <laughs> That's the they probably part. did it on one of his shows. It's probably what? something they do. They they probably did on one of his shows. Yeah, that's about as far as I'll go. Because um, remember that fucking... Piss bucket challenge thing, that ice thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I was over at Ruckus's house with Nick, and he was one of the guys that I challenged, that I whatever recommended for it. Because I, I, I've hung around Nick so many times, but now I'm totally scared. Of fuck that. <laughs> I, I, fuck that shit. You know, if, I, if I'm going over Claude's house, Ruckus's house, you know, I mean, like, is Nick going to be there? He better say no, because I ain't, I ain't going over there. I'm not going there. <laughs> I just got a pizza cutter. <laughs> and he didn't even fucking buy any pizza. Or heaven forbid he asked you to drop him off at the bank. Huh. All right. All right. <laughs> this is the way we get out of the show. Thank All you, right. everyone, for joining yeah. us Thanks on this week's coming. edition of Reliving the Extreme. Aaron, Chad, thank you. Everybody, check out WrestleNet Radio. Follow Chad on Twitter. And we will see you next time around on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>